Hana Hanavia. Hi, everybody. Hello. We're back with Hana. Um, we had started off this series with talking about a little bit about what prophecy is and about Nuvua and about a connection to Hashem um, that's not from the dark arts and not from connecting to Hashem through idol worship. And then we went on to learn about Sarah. Hi, everybody. Then we learned about Miriam. And then last week we spoke about Devorah. And we learned about all their prophecies and all their prayers that they had to Hashem. And what we're going to do tonight is focus on Chana, who was the mother of Shmuel Hanavi. She was a pretty big one. And it's going to take us back to uh, 175 years after the story of Devorah. So we started off by going through the five books of Moshe, right? And then we entered into the land of Israel with Yehoshua. And then we had the book of Judges, which was last week with Devorah. And what we're up to now is the last of the Shoftim, the last of the Judges, which was Eli HaKohen. And this tonight's story, tonight's episode, uh, begins with the first story in the book of Shmuel, the mother of Hannah and her husband, Elkanah. So in order to just put this all into framework, and all, we're going to learn all about Hannah and all about her tefillos, we're going to understand a little bit about who Elkanah was, who Hannah was, who the second wife, Penina, was, and then we'll learn about her prayer. So Elkanah was an incredible person. He was actually from the tribe of Levi, and he was very special. He was actually so great that he was likened to Avraham and to Moshe. And he was actually pretty similar to Avraham because he actually brought a lot of people back and connected them to Hashem. So the Jewish people were struggling a little bit in their area with connection to Hashem. And what Elkanah would do with his whole family is that every year, three times a year actually, on the Shal Shragalim, he would pack his family up. He would pack up Hannah, and who at that point was barren, Penina, who had many children, and he'd pack them up into their caravan, and every single Yontif, when he was Olaregal, when he went up to, not the Beis HaMikdash, but actually at that point it was the Mishkan, he would pack up his family, and he would go a different route every single time in order to bring more people, because people see this big caravan, people are so excited to go to be Olaregal with this cool, fun family, and every single year he would bring new people and connect them back to Russia. So it kind of was pretty special. Now, every year when they went there, Penina, with her several children, would actually afflict Hana with a little bit of pain. And obviously, she was doing this, what we call L'shem Shemayim, and she was trying to get Hana to daven, but she definitely, definitely afflicted Hana. And she would make jokes, or she would say things like, oh, Hana, you know, the whole family was together, and they were there for Pesach, and she'd be like, oh, Hana, do you need some more meatballs? Oh, right, I forgot, you don't have kids. Or like, oh, like, do you need more of this? Do you need more of that? Do you need a bigger room? Do you need a double suite? Oh, right. Yeah, you don't have kids. So she was constantly doing this to her, and she, in her mind, was doing this to get her to pray and to pour her out to Hashem. But obviously it wasn't for the right reasons, and eventually Penina ends up losing all her children. But she was trying to get Hana to pray. Eventually, Hana just is like, I had enough. This is it. She storms the heavens. She gets up and she goes and she pours her heart out. It says that she actually, her lips were moving and she was praying. And Eli HaKohen, who was the Kohen Gadol at that time, he saw her and he was like, hmm, what's up with this woman? Did she have too much to drink? Because she was swaying. Her eyes were closed and she was whispering the words and she was praying and praying and praying. And Ailey actually thought she was drunk, and she said, no, 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 I'm not drunk, I'm a holy woman. 
and I'm going to be featured in this series called Holy Women, and I'm a prophetess, and what I'm saying and what I'm davening is true. And Ailey sees that, he recognizes it, he blesses her with a child, and then nine months later, she has a baby boy and she names him Shmuel, and she promises Hashem that if you give me this child, I am going to bring him up and he is going to serve you all the days of his life. And when he was two years old, she brought him back, she fulfilled her promise, and she brought him to live with Ailey in the Mishkan, and there he lived the rest of his life. And he grew up to be a great prophet. He grew up to anoint not just one king, but two kings, Sha'al Hamel and Devon Hamel. And he left us with a lot, a lot of prophecy for future generations. So what we have here now is two prayers from Hannah. We have one when she poured her heart out and she was crying and she was begging for that child. And then we have another one when, she, when he was two years old and she comes to bring him back to Eli Hakoi. So let's try to understand a little bit about her prayers so that we can learn from them and see what her prophecy was. So it goes like this, just a deeper level into it. Before she started praying, Elkanah goes over to her and he sees that she's so pained and he says these very famous words to her. He says, Halo anochi tovlach me'asaranim. Come on, am I not better to you than 10 sons? I'm a good husband, I care for you, I give you whatever you need. We have money, we have wealth, we have happiness. I understand you don't have children, but am I not better to you than 10 sons? And we referenced this a little bit last week. Whenever it mentions the word Anochi, it always goes back to the original Anochi, Anochi Hashem Alokacha, Asher that I am the Hashem who took you out of Mitzrayim. So what we have here now is he saying, Hello, Anochi, am I not better to you? Was he saying it I, or was he referring to Hashem? And when he says, Hello, Anochi, Hashem's saying, One second, I'm your God. I give you everything. Am I not better to you than 10 sons? Don't you recognize that I give you everything? I'm the one who made you barren. I'm the one who gave you no children. So why don't you just deal with it? Why don't you just figure it out? And what ends up happening here is that she's looking at Hashem's plan and Hannah actually responds with a little bit of chutzpah, if we can say that. Obviously, Hannah's an incredible person. But when we say chutzpah, it's something that we can learn from. She says, hey, Hashem, me. You created me a human. You gave me this body, and it has functions, then I'm supposed to have a child. If I'm an angel, that's one thing. If I'm an angel, I get it. I, I'm not supposed to have children. I'm not supposed to eat. I'm not supposed to drink. But you created me a human, and I want to use my entire body and every single thing that you gave me to serve Hashem. So Hannah, actually, her name means three things. Her name, actually, Hannah, stands for... Um, the three mitzvahs that were given specifically to women, which is Chala, Nida, and Hadlakat Neiros. So she's saying, everything that I am is here to fulfill all your needs. So Hashem, if you give me that child, I am going to use him for the right reasons. And when she davened, it says, that she was speaking words of her heart. Now, as a woman, we all have a natural desire to have children. And that's something that we want that's something that gains us Facebook likes or Instagram likes, or it's something good for us. However, she was saying that I recognize that I want to have a child, but not only do I want to have a child, I'm going to elevate that child. I'm going to use that child for the right reasons. I want to bring more godliness into this world. So she continues to pray, and Ailey gives her a bracha, and then she goes home, and she has that child. And she comes back two years later, with the child, after she's weaned the child, and now she has another prayer. 
And these words are very, very famous. And it's very interesting. What we end up learning is that these prayers from Hannah are something so significant that it says that no woman has ever prayed to Hashem like the way that Hannah and Devorah did. And there are many great women. There was Avram, there was Yitzchak, there was Yaakov. They established Shachras, Mincha, Mayrev. However, the prayers of Hannah and Devorah were more special to Hashem. So what was about these prayers from Hannah that were so, so special? And also Devorah was last week. We actually learned the halachos. We learned halachos on how we're supposed to daven. We learned that you're not supposed to be drunk. We learned that you're supposed to whisper. We learned the setup for Shmona Esrei from Hannah. We even learn about the Ne'ilah prayer on Rosh Hashanah, I'm sorry, on Yom Kippur from Hannah, because it says that Hannah, she didn't stop praying. She went above and beyond. She did not just do Shachras, Mincha, Mairev, Musaf. She went and she added another prayer. And that's where we learn Ne'ilah from, that you don't just have the regular four prayers that you do on a regular Shabbos. You have Ne'ilah, you have an, addition, an additional prayer because she prayed so, so long. Now, hello, there's a little elf into the room here, right? If we're saying that we learn all the prayers from women, something doesn't feel right about this. Men are the ones who are obligated to daven. Men are the ones who have to go shachras and chamayrev, have to daven with a minion. Women, when it works for us, when it's good timing, obviously we pour our heart out to Hashem. But here, we're learning halachos from a woman. We're learning the halachos of tefillah from a woman. So let's try to understand what was going on in that second prayer that we actually learn a little bit to understand how we can learn the halachos from Hannah. So she comes back and she has that baby in her hands and now she is ready to daven again. And the very famous words are, She's saying, my heart is so uplifted. Not with this baby who's so cute and I'm going to take newborn photos. I'm going to swaddle him and then I'm going to get the blanket like one month, two months, three months, four months. And I'm going to circle it and it's going to be, oh, it's going to give me so much joy. That's not what she was referring to when she said, Alatsli be. She didn't say, Alatsli be with my baby. She said, Alatsli be by Hashem. My heart is so filled with Hashem because I now have another angle to serve you with. I have not just, you know, ways of serving Hashem with food and making blessings, but I have a way of serving Hashem with this child, and that's what makes me so happy. And then it continues with Rama Karni Bahashem. She says, Now I have gained strength from my experience. It was difficult for me, but now I have grown from my strength. And now I'm also able to give him up when he's two years old. It's not just, oh, I can hold on to him forever. I now have the strength to fulfill my nether, to fulfill my promise. And she continues. And she says, Rachav pi al Ivai. People have troubled me. I have Ivai, I have enemies. Now, this is so strange, because, like, how could Hannah have enemies? How could Hannah, who's such an incredible person, have enemies? Me, you, I understand. I have people who I've wronged. Hannah, a Nevi'ah, the mother of Shmuel Hanavi, married to Alkana, all of a sudden she's saying, now I have what to say to my enemies? How could you have enemies? Girl, come on. You've been incredible your entire life. So what we learn from here is that anytime someone's going through a difficulty, someone who has you know, issues with health or wealth or a spouse or not having children, there are always going to be those people who are going to give you advice and say, 
You know why you don't have it? Maybe you should curb your Lashon Hara. Maybe you should give more tzedakah. Maybe you should do this. Maybe you should do that. And now Hannah's saying, I finally have something to say to the people who were causing me anguish. My enemies, my people who were telling me, Hannah, do this. Give more tzedakah. Wake up early. Davin Hashkam. Davin Nishmas. Do this. Do that. I finally have something to say because now I have this child and now I can show the world I prayed for him and I have him and now I can have something to respond to my enemies, the people who told me maybe this is not going to work, maybe this will work, maybe this won't work. Now I recognize that my tefillos are answered and it brings more glory to the name of Hashem. And she continues a little further and actually the enemies can also be a prophecy and hint to the prophecy that Shmuel, her son, who's going to anoint Shaul and Davin Amelech, that they should have, their enemies should be wiped out. She continues her prayer and she says, um, She says, Hashem, you are incredible. There is nobody out there in the world like you. Whether someone has a baby after 20 years or somebody has a baby after nine months. She wanted to teach us don't become desensitized to miracles that happen every single day. Ain't Tor There is nobody like Hashem. Just like you have a baby after nine months after you're married, or if you have a baby 20 years later, Hashem is always there with you, and you should always recognize these miracles from Hashem. And she teaches us that your prayers actually have strength. And before you pray, and when you're praying, you should be very conscious of the things that you're praying, because those, those prayers have real, real strength. So now, when do we read this story? The story of Hannah. The prayer obviously continues, but I'm not going to be able to go through all of it. We read this on Rosh Hashanah, and we are reminded of this story on Rosh Hashanah. Why? What's Rosh Hashanah all about? So for me, and this is just personal, I, my heart starts pounding when I think Rosh Hashanah. I start to make my, my wish list, my to-do list, the things that I want to pray for, the things that I need, the things that I want, the things that would be beneficial for me. But really... Rosh Hashanah is a day that we are Mamlech Hashem, a day of coronation to Hashem, a day where we recognize that every single thing comes from Him. So I, on my level, and obviously all of us, we're not on the same level as Hannah, but what we try to do is on our own level, we try to be Mamlech Hashem with all our requests. Hannah came to Hashem with a request. Hannah came to Hashem and said, you give me that baby, I'm going to use that child for the right reasons. And we can do the same thing. We can tell Hashem, we need this, and we're going to use it for the right reasons. So what, what Hannah taught us is how to properly daven on Rosh Hashanah. We're all human. We all have stuff going on, and we're all wanting things. As long as we ask Hashem for those things to bring more godliness into the world, that's the way that we can be Mama Hashem on Rosh Hashanah. So let's go back to our original question, where we said, why Hannah? Why a woman? Why do we learn this idea of prayer from a woman? So I want to end with this story that I heard um, from Herbert and Leah Cohen, and she overheard it from Agara Rebbe, somebody, one of the big, big leaders of Hasidus, that his shul was moving. They were building a new shul, they were creating it, and he walked in on the first day to see how the construction was doing. And he looked around, and he said, everything's amazing. He said, but one second, he's like, where's the women's section? And the men said, no, 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 don't worry, we're, we're working on it, it'll be ready, within, you know, it's in the next phase, we're going to be building the women's section. And he said, no, no, no. You have to build that woman's section right now because there's an importance to feminine prayer. Feminine prayer is talking to your father. Masculine prayer 
is talking to a king. And when you come to a king, you need to have respect, you need to be prepared, that your answer is going to be no. But we all know talking to your father is very different than talking to a king. Talking to your father is maintaining a relationship, having that communicative relationship with Hashem all the time. Whether you need to have a child, whether you need a new job, whether you're looking for a parking spot or you just want good weather. The importance of Chana and why we learn the halachos from Chana is because Chana taught us the feminine way of prayer. She channeled her way of feminine speech and she used it to teach us that if you want something, you can get it. You can pray for it. You can promise Hashem that you are going to use that for the right reason so that you're going to bring more godliness into the world. That is feminine speech. That's where we learn from the halachos of prayer. You can say prayer is masculine. That's how you do it. The men go to shul. They need a minion, corona, backyard minion, inside minion, outside minion. But deep down, where does it come from? Chana davin from her heart. And that's where we learn prayer from because that's the most important thing to Hashem. So now, we are going to end here. And I want you all to stay tuned for next week when we're going to be talking about Abigail, who was one of the wives of David HaMelech, and she's actually speech of mercy. So here we have Hannah as speech of prayer, and we are going to follow up next week with Abigail. So thank you all so much for joining. I hope you have a great day.